1: Welcome back in. It is the third and final hour here on Friday. And also, by the way, it is the final day of Marcus Ferro's regular co-hosting duties on South Coast Now. So, make sure you tune into that, make sure you call in and and wish him well in his increased duties at his day job. And uh, and thank you to them, to his day job for allowing him to come in and be part of South Coast Now and and rearranging his schedule before for South Coast tonight. Uh, but of course Marcus is a is a rising star in many disciplines. So all right, let's get into the discussion now that we have each week at this time with New Bedford City Council President Linda Moret. And joining her this morning is councilor at Large Brian Gomes. Let's get them both on the line. Good morning, Counselors. How are you? Good morning. And uh it's it's a you know, my um my Music there that I play is Beautiful Day by U2. And I guess you could say it's a beautiful day for the Zyterian because at least the first step has now passed for this this 99-year lease uh, that now has to go before the full council. And, Council President Morad. I'll start with you because you actually voted against the 99-year lease, but it suggested a still long-term lease but just a little bit shorter. I did. Um,
2: you know, we listened to the attorneys and the discussions um, in the chamber last night. It was almost two hours a VERY GOOD DISCUSSION. MY COLLEAGUES HAD GREAT QUESTIONS, um, AND, YOU KNOW, WE WERE GIVEN THE INFORMATION WE ASKED. THERE WAS, um, YOU KNOW, I THINK, a, a, I THINK I was to agree there WAS A GOOD DISCUSSION AMONG ALL THE PARTIES THERE. Um, YOU KNOW, FROM MY PERSPECTIVE, um, 99 YEARS IS A LONG, LONG TIME. THE ATTORNEY TOLD US THAT, uh, YOU KNOW, IT COULD BE 65 YEARS THAT WOULD WORK, AND I DIDN'T WANT TO COMMIT THE CITY. Uh, to that type of arrangement for 99 years so although i'm thankful that the z operates in the city and i'm thankful for uh, what they do for the city in new bedford as it relates to our um, you know tourism and economic development etc i chose to limit my term of the lease and said that on the floor uh, one colleague agreed with me Jester agreed with me the rest of my colleagues chose to extend the 99-year lease and uh, i would assume that they would vote the same way Uh, come the uh, council meeting next
1: week, and there there shouldn't be a problem here. Well, Councilor Gomes, I mean, you voted in favor of it, but did you have concerns at all with the the length of the lease?
0: Um, That I did not. Um, A 99-year lease is kind of normal for this type of project, Um, for the tax credits and everything. um, I I supported it. Um, There was an ongoing joke uh, last night, uh, Councilor Morad, you can relate to this, uh, of... um, (laughs) Don't worry about nothing. Um, there will only be one counselor still here, and there will be Counselor Dome. So I leaned over to my colleague and said, don't worry about nothing. I'll call you from down here and let you know what's going on <laughs> with the idea. Uh,
1: well, I'm glad you made that joke because I almost made that joke myself. That I, no, I, mean... I didn't make the joke.
0: I had attorneys and some of my colleagues making that joke last night. <laughs> so I just wrote it all night. And, uh, we had a great meeting. As Councilman President Morad said, uh, in-depth questions asked about uh, the project, um, the the monies involved in the project. Uh, Again, uh, the president looked for a a shorter lease term, um, and most of us felt that the 99-year lease with the tax credits and everything just went in place. This is not a lease such as the O'Hara lease, and one of those leases they went through a long time ago that benefited uh, just a few. This is a lease that will benefit the Diterion for the duration.
1: So, and it really does seem that um, everybody's willing to have these conversations. That the, and this is, this is the way that this should work. You, you referenced this last week, Council President Mora, that having these open yep. discussions and being able to, to talk through these issues is how good government works.
2: Yeah, it is. I mean, it's the right thing to do to um, have the discussion. Sometimes you agree, sometimes you disagree. Uh, this shouldn't be, you know, one person controlling the, um, the future of our city. And that's what I, I believe that that's why people elected us for us to have a good dialogue. We're not trying to be obstructionists, as some people say, what we're trying to do is do our job. And I think last night was a perfect, perfect example of the council doing its due diligence and working for the betterment of the city. I mean, that's, that's what we're supposed to do. Uh, the critics will tell you, Oh, well, well but that's not true. I mean, uh, last night there was no animosity in the chamber. There was, um, you know, people answered the questions, as I said before, that were asked from time to time in the past. You know, we've gotten coy answers. That didn't exist last night. There there was honest dialogue between those presenting and those asking questions.
0: And so I I will agree with that. I will agree with that. A very good meeting last night.
1: And, and so hopefully that can kind of be, you know, a, a template for a lot of the issues going forward. Uh, now, Councillor Gomes, we know that you are uh, in, the chair of the Public Safety Committee. You are somebody who is focused on public safety. One question that I've been meaning to ask you in some of the appearances that you've been here, and I just keep forgetting. I wanted to ask, what was the status of the issue with the dirt bikes and the ATVs this summer? We didn't get a lot of phone calls about it. So were, were the police able to handle that situation better this year?
0: Um, They're handling it the best that they can. Uh, Again, you don't want to jeopardize life and property um, with these guys that are on the bike. But I've seen a minimal amount of um, that happening out there, unless it's happening and we're just not aware of it. Uh, It's funny that you're asking that question. I was going up um, Purchase Street um, yesterday. I I want to say Purchase Street or one of those streets. And um, there was three of them out there, one with a girl on the back of it, popping wheelies or whatever. And here came the police right from behind. I did see his lights go on, whether he's warning them or trying to pull them over. If they didn't pull over, at least they know that he was there and he was reacting to it and um, trying to, um, you know, make these young people know that what they're doing out there is is just not a good thing. Um, It it, it, it scares the hell out of old people. Um, it It is it, it, disruptive to neighborhoods, and uh, it, it's just not the right thing to do. But I think the police have done the best job that they can. I still support uh, some other measures, as you know. I, I, I would use drones to follow them. I would even think of um, I, I had the idea of um, um, uh, invading their um, gang or whatever. Get a couple of cops that can ride good bikes. We've got some good young officers out there, and I'm sure they can ride bikes. Join them and find out where they're going, where they are, and uh, take action as we can. Um, Just an idea, something that we can do. Um, We'll look at it. I'm going to have this discussion with the chief. But uh, I I think it's been uh, somewhat uh, tuned down compared to what it was a while ago. And that's from the work of the police and the general public that we continue to ask to assist in this situation.
1: And, and how about public safety overall? I mean, we had an incident we reported yesterday. There were, there were two incidents of shots fired recently. One turned out to be a, a domestic issue in which uh, a man was shot. But, you know, domestic issues are domestic issues. I don't mean to be dismissive of them, but, you know, that doesn't necessarily signify anything to do with a crime problem. Uh, what What's kind of the state of public uh, safety in the city right now? Uh,
0: um, the state of public safety is, you know, you know what happened the other night. 12 rounds at the corner of Parker and Speeder. another three rounds somewhere else. Um, The domestic situation is still not acceptable um, to use a gun uh, in a domestic um, situation. Um, What is happening on the street is somewhat frightening to uh, many because, as I heard from people in that neighborhood, um, you know, they want to live just like anybody else. And when you have 12 to 14 shots fired in a neighborhood, you're in jeopardizing the public safety of those innocent people. And that's the people that I'm, I'm really concerned with. You, you, you want to go out there and you want to shoot each, each other, which is totally crazy. But what you're doing is in jeopardizing the safety and well-being of those that are in the house. Maybe somebody walking a dog in that neighborhood that evening. And it goes on and on. It can't be tolerated. And I think the police are doing the best job. You see the, the, how um, things are working out. Arrests are being made. Um, The police are doing the best job that they can. But again, the general public has to help us. And some of these elements that are involved in this stuff, that don't want to give the information of who shot at them or or whatever. You're just creating um, that atmosphere for not only the injury of yourself, but probably possibly innocent people um, that uh, are just, you know, bystanders or, or just in their homes while this type of action is going on. For me, it's law and order in the city of New Bedford. Without law and order, you don't have a good
1: city. And Council President Moran, I don't know if you want to follow up on that.
2: No, I mean, Council, uh, Council Gomes is right. It's con- it's what, the incidents that are occurring that are being reported and those that are not are um, they're just frightening at this point, and they're too prevalent for comfort. Uh, you know, Council Gomes has said for a while that things are brewing, and uh, he is right. Things are brewing. I applaud the police department for doing their best to wrap around their arms on all these types of issues.
1: So it really does seem, though, is as much as these incidents are happening, I don't know that I'm hearing enough from the police department about them. And I'm saying that not only as a as a person, as a citizen, but also somebody that works in the media. Do we need to have more accountability, Counselor Gomes, from the department to talk about some of these things that are going on and to to put people at ease about these situations? I've always
0: supported that um, um, kind of measure. We should be telling the public at least that this happened, that their neighborhood is safe, the police are there, they're investigating, they're looking for the assistance of the public or whatever. But um, uh, the, the police have been doing a, a great job of getting guns off the street, getting some of these criminals as fast as they can, and being involved in some of these incidents. Um, and I think they, 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 they will continue to do that. Um this is a situation, again, that I believe it affects this entire city because these um, people who are involved in this type of crime or whatever have no regards for themselves or anyone else but what they are tracking and who they are looking for. And, and that, that, that has to stop. Again, you call on the public for assistance. The police department is doing a great job trying to be out there. As you know, I monitor and I know what's happening. I knew what happened you know, shortly after 10 the other night up on Cedar and Pocket Street. And again, you sit back and you, you, you say, why? But uh, we'll continue to beat the drum. The police will continue to do their job. We'll try to assist them in the way that we can, whether it's by equipment or whatever. But I support my police department and I'll stand by them. And uh, I always will, because, again, without a a safe city, we don't have a good city for tourism, for business, for anything. And that's what we've got to get a hold of, because don't think that these business people who look to come to the city of New Bedford or establish in the city of New Bedford are not looking at those statistics, because they do look at those statistics um, before they locate.
1: And, and Council President Moran, I know there's a, a, a lot of things on the table for the council this week, but there's also the licensing board hearing about the NIP ban and considering extending when that will go into effect. Uh, it, there's a lot of things happening, but there's also an issue that I don't think we've talked to, uh, that much about, and that is the issue that's happening around the Marine Commerce Terminal and some of the parking problems that have been happening down there. And I know that that's something that the council is looking to address in, uh, in Monday's appointments and briefings meeting
2: yeah, there have been issues um, uh, at, in the area regarding some of our businesses not being able to access their properties because of the increased parking in the area. Ah, uh, Council Gomes is a member of the traffic commission. He was working with one specific company uh, down a, a month or so ago down on the waterfront regarding that exact issue. And I believe that's been resolved um, you know favorably, but, you know, many of our businesses on the waterfront, they they bring large tractor trailers to their property. And when you have some of these streets are pretty narrow, and when you have people parking on both sides who are actually working in the in the terminals, uh, that causes trouble and concern for the existing businesses. So I believe we're trying to work these things out. Um, I know that former Councillor Ribeiro is involved in exactly this issue, trying to work with some of the wind folks to make them realize that we have to be cognizant of the fact that we have businesses who need to access their property. So, um you know, they've asked for the council's intervention, and we're going to have that discussion. I believe that we may have a pause in the discussion. I believe there's some uh, positive conversations going on, but that is on the agenda for next week at the appointments and briefings meeting to see if we can prohibit this from continuing to happen in that area. But council Bones, I don't know if you want to add, I know
0: you were working on the on the item for Eastern Fisheries. Yes, and, 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 that, and that's been settled, and we'll continue to work in every way that we can to make those businesses happy. As the council president has said, there's a lot of businesses that were located there prior to all this development and going on with wind and everything. Um, we'll have to work this out because you can't affect those um, businesses of getting their trucks in and out getting the product uh, the product in and out of the city um we- we'll work it out we'll we'll look at every street every um driveway and see if um we can assist in some way of just making it easier for both to um pro- progress in the city and um again provide the parking that is needed and look at probably some other areas that we possibly could have off-site parking
1: well uh, Councilor Gomes one of the things that i remember mayor mitchell discussing with me when i used to Host that segment was he had talked about the possibility of a parking garage being constructed down there, and that might help with some of the folks that are going there to work, but it doesn't help the people who are, you know, in these other businesses or who might be living in the area when there's trucks that are coming down these narrow roads.
0: I think the parking garage that's been proposed and that the mayor is looking for is that the, um, um, end of, um, right before the hotel there at the turn there, which he is looking to locate. And the reason why that is being looked at, and I believe that that's being looked at, is because you have to, um, provide parking for those going to, um, the islands and, um, leaving from our, our, our state pier. You have remember with the train coming in, some of that is going to be absorbed. You're not going to have that parking that you have right now for the ferry and those that are traveling to Montes As You see that parking lot loaded. All summer long, you're going to need additional parking. That's why that parking lot is being um, asked for, along with um, you know that project that's being discussed. It was discussed some 20 years ago, and I wish it had gotten the attention that um, it's getting now. But we and it was already in place because it could have been beneficial to the city. And we're talking about the villages or the store, um, um, the possibly the um, businesses on along the state pier, which create that atmosphere. That's why he's looking for that garage. But, again, um, these are all things that are work in progress. We'll do what we have to do to make the city um, kind to those that are coming here and also to take care of those that work here and live here.
1: Yeah, and I, I think you can put parking garages, but it doesn't mean people are going to use them. I mean, Elm Street garages there, and people are still trying to get as close as they can to where they're going.
2: Right. <laughs> That's true. You know, And we need to be careful You know, where we're building that, those types of things. Um, we, we want to be sure that the city waterfront remains accessible to folks and the beautification that we've been trying to do in that area isn't disrupted because you put up a large cement parking garage. So um, there's more discussion that has to be held on that. But, you know, we I, I really should applaud the businesses. I mean, in the situations that we have been involved in, Council Gomes and myself, um, you know, the businesses that are affecting other businesses have been very cooperative. They've, they, In some cases, they don't even realize what's going on. Um, you know, we've had this situation as well with some of the construction going on downtown where businesses, uh, construction companies are asking to close streets because it makes it much easier for them to do their construction without having to worry about traffic going by. And But yet you're affecting, after 5 o'clock, people's ability to access their property, et cetera. So um, we've been dealing with these type of situations. This is one of the things that the council is involved in. The council is responsible for streets in uh, and public spaces like this in the city and we've been dealing with this for many years it's not these are not new issues
1: and just uh quickly here because we we've, we've got to take a break in a few moments but uh, what other things are we working on this week that um that we can expect to talk about next week
2: so um i did have a chance to look at the administration's submission for next week's council meeting and uh the loan order for the purchase of the goodyear site for the new Duvall School. It will be before as the administration is asking for a little over 3.6 million for the purchase of that property, and uh, in addition, there is a appropriation to put back uh, over 6.9 million dollars of the budget cut that was recently uh, passed by the city council uh, into the budget. I'm sure there's going to be quite a bit of discussion regarding that issue i um you know in, in conversations with some of my colleagues i i don't think that my colleagues are that i've spoken to anyway are amenable to that large of a of a uh, supplemental increase back into the budget this year but we'll see what the discussions are i know councillor markey is working on establishing a meeting so that we can have this discussion so the item can be approved prior to the tax uh, rate being set
1: and and next week we're going to do the segment a little bit differently. You and I are going to be speaking very early in the morning uh, because we're going to have Counselor Carney joining us, and because of her schedule now, we're going to be doing that uh, from six thirty to seven, and then we'll rebroadcast it later on. I believe we'll be able to pull that off to, to have it run during the regular time, but we'll be we'll be doing that very early so that we can uh, we can get her off to work in time.
2: Yeah, thank you. I mean, uh, I would like to have her on. We haven't had a chance to have her ever voice be heard by your listeners in a while because of her work schedule. So I appreciate your accommodating that and I'll make sure that I, I get the dog up a little bit earlier and we get moving so that we'll be all set for the six thirty segment.
1: And Counselor Gomes, aren't you glad you don't have to talk to me that early?
0: <laughs> well I'm up that early but I'm glad I don't have to talk to you. If I just may say uh, we'll we'll also be I'll be asking my colleagues to support a couple of measures. Um Rock Avenue and Hathaway Road has become a real thoroughfare, um, um, increasing traffic. As we talked about, as we talked about, the, uh, another business park being located up there. I'm going to be asking the council task, the DLT, along with the city, to look at this intersection very seriously and immediately. Possibly even using um, ABBA funds to um, put uh, lights there because it, it's become real treacherous. There's been some accidents up there along with down the road just so far uh, as you know there is a, a a catholic school that is located there i've heard from the residents and the parents of those kids that go to that school that it is awful to try to get in and out of there they're whipping down that road at 40 50 miles an hour We've got to slow down that traffic, so I'm looking to um, get my colleagues to support a a school zone within that area and to try to slow that um, traffic down around that school just as we do on in uh, other areas of the city. but this is something that needs attention. I'll work with the council president on this. We've already had a brief discussion, and the Ward three councillor. I'm sure the complaints have come into him. We're looking to try to bring some um, resolution to uh, what's going on up there and bring a safe area for the kids to go to school and also for those that travel in that area. Because as you, if you've ever been in the area, it, it's horrendous to get off Rock Hill Avenue onto Hathaway Road, and I don't care whether you're going east or west. It's a very dangerous situation, and we must do something about it.
1: All right. Well, I thank you both, and uh, we will talk to you again very soon, Council President Moore. We'll talk to you next week, and uh, and I hope that you both have a great weekend.
2: Thank you. Stay dry this weekend,
1: Tim. <laughs> oh yeah, another one of those. <laughs> another yeah. wet weekend.
2: Yeah. So. That's
1: all right. Yeah. We can get some. We can get some stuff done around the house. Good
2: thank you for the time we appreciate it very
1: much all right you both have a great weekend and everybody out there stay tuned we will take more of your phone calls coming up in just a few moments i gotta take a quick break and then we'll go into the newsroom with ariel all right now let's go into the newsroom and get all the big stories of the day with ariel
3: President Biden is appealing to American citizens for support in the wars in Israel and Ukraine. During a rare primetime address of the nation on Thursday, Biden argued support for the two nations is key to national security as he prepares to ask for congressional aid. He said that American leadership is what holds the world together, adding that both Hamas and Putin represent different threats, but want to annihilate a neighboring democracy. Over 400 Muslim and Jewish congressional staffers are called for a ceasefire in Gaza. The Capitol Hill employees signed a letter Thursday urging Congress to back a ceasefire between Israel and Hamas as anti-Semitism, anti-Muslim and anti-Palestinian sentiment are all on the rise nationwide. Jury selection begins in Atlanta today in the 2020 election interference case. Fulton County District Attorney Fannie Willis has charged 19 people, including former President Trump, with participating in an alleged criminal conspiracy to overturn Georgia's presidential election results. Two of the defendants have already cut a plea deal and will testify against the other defendants. The head of the Federal Reserve say inflation is still too high and lower economic growth is probably needed to bring it down. Speaking at the Economic Club of New York on Thursday, Jerome Powell said the slowing of prices was not enough to determine a trend. Powell said it's unclear how long these lower readings will persist or where inflation will settle in the coming months. Pfizer is upping the cost of its COVID-19 medication, Paxilvoid, by more than double what it was. As the U.S. transitions out of the pandemic's emergency phase, the drug maker is changing the list price of the drug before insurance to nearly $1,400 for a five-day course, according to the Wall Street Journal. Four people are charged for allegedly stealing dinosaur bones from public lands in Utah and selling them in China. The Department of Justice said Thursday that the four from Utah, Los Angeles, and Oregon were hit with 13 felony charges for dealing in 150,000 pounds of paleontological resources, including dinosaur bones that appear to have been polished and cut into art and jewelry. In sports, the Celtics closed out the preseason with a third win in a row. Boston blew out the Hornets 127 to 99 in Charlotte, and Jalen Brown led all scorers with 20 points to go along with four rebounds. Kristaps Porzingis recorded a double-double after scoring 14 points and grabbing a game-high 12 rebounds. The Celtics finished their exhibition schedule 4 and 1, and will open the regular season when they visit the New York Knicks Wednesday night. The Bruins are still undefeated. Boston began its four-game road trip with a 3 to 1 win over the Sharks in San Jose. Brad Marchand opened. The scoring with his first goal of the season, Linus Ilmark stopped 26 of the 27 shots he faced to help the Bruins improve the winning streak. Boston will visit the Los Angeles Kings tomorrow night. And the Patriots opened up a spot on the 53-man roster after releasing a rookie. Cornerback Amir Speed was released by the Pats on Thursday and is a likely candidate to sign with the practice squad if he clears waivers. The Patriots are currently last in the AFC East and will play host to the Buffalo Bills Sunday afternoon at Gillette Stadium. Now let's take a look at your local forecast with ABC6.
2: This morning, we'll see a good deal of cloudiness in the form of some patchy fog. Look for mostly cloudy skies through the day with a chance of showers developing. You're high near 65. For tonight, the chance of showers and a chance of thunderstorms developing after midnight. You're low near 57. And for Saturday, rain with a chance of thunderstorms that will be heaviest in the morning and you're high near 64. Be sure to watch ABC6 for my full seven-day forecast. From the ABC6 Weather Center, I'm meteorologist Kelly Bates on New Bedford's News Talk Station.
3: 1420 WBSM I'm Ariel Dorsey for WBSM News Stay up to date with New Bedford's news talk station WBSM and get breaking news alerts with the WBSM app
0: It's okay if you listen in the shower Just keep it to yourself and don't make it weird Back to the Tim Weisberg Show on WBSM
1: And 508-996-0500. And you can also send in app chat messages via the WBSM app. Let's catch up on some of those in a moment. But before I do that, I'm going to tell you that if you're not following Just Another Phoenix, the restaurant in North Dartmouth, if you're not following them on Facebook, make sure you go there now and hit the like button. Because then you will get all the notifications from their page. And you will get the weekend specials when they release them a little bit later on today. But I can guarantee you they're going to have some delicious fall flavors on there. They've had p- pumpkin pancakes the last couple of weekends, so I'm sure they're going to have them again this weekend. But they keep coming up with more and more unique ideas. So, yes, you can go and get bacon and eggs. You can get a, a a hash and cheese omelet. You can get all of the things that you love to have at any other breakfast place, but they also have such unique and creative specials. That's what makes Just Another Phoenix stand out, and that, what, that's what makes them more than Just Another Breakfast restaurant. So if you want to follow them on Facebook, when they post those specials, you'll be able to check them out and figure out which one of those specials you want to try. Good luck with that. Because I guarantee you there's going to be more than one on there that you want to try. And I'm just going to go out on a limb and say, you can treat yourself. It's the weekend. Right? Right? have a little bit of the pumpkin pancakes, have a little bit of an omelet, bring the rest home if you have to, or bring somebody with you and share. I think that uh, you'll definitely want to be able to try a couple of different things on the menu. And even if you don't like any of the specials they have that particular weekend, that's okay because they've got some of the most phenomenal food that you'll find. The home fries there cannot be beat. The cheese rolls are incredible and you can stuff them with anything that you want in them, not just cheese, cheese rolls, not just linguiça cheese rolls. You can have bacon, you can have sausage, you can have vegetables stuffed in there, whatever it is that you would like. It's all available to you at Just Another Phoenix. They're located on Fons Corner Road in North Dartmouth. If you can't go into the restaurant, you can always get whatever you'd like from their drive through window. That's how easy and convenient they make it for you at Just Another Phoenix. Alright, I have to take Just Another commercial break. We'll be back in just a few moments. Jim. Again, 508 996 And at Primacare, they want to make sure that you understand that your health care is supposed to be all about you. It's not about what they want you to do. It's not about what they who they want you to see. It's about the health care that you deserve. They are your partner in your health care, offering the full spectrum from primary care to specialty care. Care as sophisticated as you need, but also as personalized as you deserve. Without having to go anywhere else. Keeping you healthy is their continued mission. They're also by your side for chronic conditions and those unexpected illnesses. You can always trust them to provide excellent local care from their staff of 160 medical professionals. They've been by your side for more than 25 years. So make it a point to trust your future care to PrimaCare by visiting them at Prima-Care.com. And part of that is what they have going on today. And this is open to anybody. You don't have to be a Care patient. They're having the first cardiometabolic day. It's happening from 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. at the PrimaCare facility located at 277 Pleasant Street in Fall River. So you go to this. It's the BioSkills of New Bedford uh, in the PrimaCare Medical Center. So that's bone. When you go there, you just go up to the sixth floor and you can partake in all of these great activities that will be going on, such as free diabetes and cholesterol screening, free body composition scan to determine total body fat and muscle mass. There's going to be a free cooking demonstration to show you how to prepare a healthy meal. And, of course, you can talk to all of the Care physicians and nurse practitioners from teams like cardiology, endocrinology, obesity specialty, podiatry, vascular surgery, and the Medi Weight Loss Nutritionist. So many people that can help you get you on the path to being a healthier version of yourself. And it's happening from 10 to 2 at the Care facility, 277 Pleasant Street, building number one in Fall River. All right, let's go back to some of the app chat messages we've been getting as we have been talking about this issue with Fall River, in Fall River rather, with the juveniles that were arrested at the McDonald's for trespassing. You can see the body cam footage at WBSM.com and on the app. And uh, I've got a, a bunch that have come in here. Uh, John in Fairhaven wrote back and said, is it a hate crime for a juvenile African-American to call a Caucasian police officer the N-word multiple times on camera? If so, charges should be fil- filed on that also. Um, it is not a hate crime for that to have happened. Uh, a hate crime comes down to somebody has to be singled out for something that either is what the person is or what the person committing the crime assumes them to be and so part of that is you know there's a lot of things that go involved in this but how this would be defined instead is as what is called a hate incident which is bias motivated but does not rise to the level of a hate crime if someone uses a racial or other slur against another it is probably not a hate crime rather it is a hate incident and uh, these occurrences are happening more frequently and they are upsetting but they are not criminal and this is coming from the San Diego County District Attorney's website on the differences between hate crimes and hate uh, hate incidents. But I just found that to be the best definition that I found, the clearest, uh, the clearest way to explain it. So I wanted to uh, present that to you. Uh, let's go back to the app chats here. Uh, El Jefe says, you are correct that there are a lot of assumptions based on the video, but you're also assuming that these kids have the sole intent to buy something and not loiter. The stronger assumption would be that the manager felt their presence and actions were causing a disruption enough to have the police called. You're only basing your opinion on what the video shows and not taking into account and actually dismissing the initial reason why the 911 call was placed. The cop allowed three youth that had been that had slips in hand to stay in the restaurant, and only those loitering were asked to leave. Only when they disregarded the trespassing warning did the cop react. So yes, a lot of assuming going on. Well, based on what is in the video, yes, he did let the people who had the the, the juveniles that had a slip stand over to the side and wait for their food. But the juvenile that he was confronting, with they got into the verbal confrontation with, was in line waiting to order. And there were other kids that were trying to order that they were having leave the restaurant. So um, th- that's not necessarily proof that they were loitering. They were over at the kiosk. They were ordering via the kiosk. And this other kid, the one that the problem really started with, he was standing in the line looking at the menu, uh, which you know could have just mean he was paying cash and he wasn't using the kiosk and using a debit card. Uh, game changer in a cushion that says management personnel on the property called the police and asked them to help in a trespassing incident. The people in question were observed in a violent incident that recently occurred in their property parking lot. Management are familiar with these types of incidents and as a result shut the dining room down during the school release times. So they have experienced evaluating potentially dangerous situations. They have an obligation to their employees and patrons. Bottom line, police asked first, ordered second, and third arrested folks who refused to vacate the property. Uh, and then not bad in Oak Bluffs wanted to do uh, uh, comment on something that Counselor Gomes said. He says the 21 jump street approach to the dirt bike issue, as proposed by Counselor Gomes, is not going to work. The participants who take part in this type of behavior would know instantly that the person wasn't in their circle. He was talking about having, you know, young officers on bikes be, you know, try to join up with these kids. And, um, so anyway, so you can uh, check out the app chat on the WBSM app if you want to send some more thoughts for any of your any of the issues that we discuss here, too. It doesn't just have to be this one. It can be any of the issues that we discuss. Really quickly before I take my final break of the hour, if anybody wants to come out and hear me talk about ghosts, if you're not sick of hearing me talk by the end of the week and you want to hear me talk about the paranormal, I will be presenting tomorrow at 1 p.m. at the Westport Public Library on the topic of paranormal properties, you can own a haunted house, but you can't own the legend. And we're going to be talking about some of the paranormal properties that have changed hands in recent years, including the Lizzie Boyden House. And also, the owner of the Lizzie Boyden House, U.S. Ghost Adventures, has recently entered into an agreement to purchase the Velisca Axe Murder House in Iowa. We're going to be talking tomorrow night on Spooky South Coast with Johnny Hauser, who kind of runs the ghost things over there at Villisca. He's going to talk to us about what to expect with any potential changes that might be taking place under this new ownership. So he'll join us in the first hour of Spooky South Coast tomorrow night. The second hour will be joined by Stephanie Burke, and, well, she'll be here through the whole show, but also Scott Porter to talk about their new show, Secrets of the Asylum, which is now available on the Fox Nation streaming app. New Bedford's own Stephanie Burke in an internationally streaming television show. All right, i got to take this final break uh, we will be back in just a few moments. Right now we are joined by Eric over at the Butcher Shop on one, at 123 Dartmouth Street in New Bedford. Good morning, Eric. It sounds like it's a busy day over there for you.
4: Oh, dude, I'm always busy, bro. You know how that goes. That is Friday. true.
1: Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> what's everybody coming in for this morning?
4: Today, everybody's going to be a fish day, dude. I got codfish. I got nice fried fish. I got the, the fried uh, mackerels and stuff like that. I got good stuff, man.
1: Mm, what, what's your favorite seafood?
4: Uh, honestly, I like octopus. Me too. Yeah, we well, got octopus today, too. Nice stuff. I
1: was going to say, Friday is also a big octopus day for a lot of people.
4: Yeah, that's where that goes. Yeah, okay. I'll let you tell it. <laughs> hey,
1: well, I mean, that's that's usually when I have it is on a Friday, for sure. Is it really? Well, yeah. That's cool. Yeah, well, I think it's also because it's usually the only time I can actually sit down and have a, a sit-down meal. So what else do you have going on over there this, for this weekend?
4: Dude, i I got a nice terrace major. I got nice sirloins. I got nice ribeyes. I got tomahawks. I got fillets. I got skirt steak, I got flat iron steak, I got goat, I got everything, man. Got linguisa, shiris
1: hanging. And I got it, everything, brother. It really is. You walk in, you see it hanging, and you say, oh, that's that's when you know it's the good stuff. Because you guys make some of that stuff right there.
4: Yes, sir. Yeah, it's all homemade.
1: And if you no go with there...
4: in it. It's all fresh. The good natural stuff.
1: And if you go in there, too, and you don't have time to, like, marinate your meats and all that stuff, you take care of that for people, too?
4: Yeah, you got it, brother. I marinate and everything.
1: And you also cook some stuff up so you can go in there and get some pre-made food. Stop in for lunch or grab a quick dinner on your way home?
4: Yeah, a lot of people do.
1: All right, A lot of well, people do. I got to ask you. I ask you every week. What are you having this weekend?
4: Uh, today, dude, I think I'm going to have a nice stuffed chicken breast.
1: There you go. Yeah, that sounds really good. All right, That's well... What I'm I thank you for joining us. I'll let you get back to it because I know things are busy over there. And uh, as we always say, stop by the butcher shop for everything from steak to soccer balls. If you don't have it, ask Eric. He'll get it for you. All
4: right, brother. Thanks. I'll talk
1: to you. All right. Take it easy. And uh, again, the butcher shop is located at 123 Dartmouth Street in New Bedford. Easy to find. Easy to go in there and do all your shopping. I recommend it. Stop down in the basement. Pick up some beer and wine in in the wine cellar down there. Grab some cheese out of the cheese fridge. Get all kinds of good stuff there. And uh, you know what? Now I'm really hungry. I'm going to have to go over there. Some of that fried mackerel sounded really good. All right, that's going to do it for me. Stay tuned. It is Marcus's swan song, if I can pronounce it correctly, uh, today on South Coast now. So you want to call in and join in in the conversation with him and Chris. And uh, I'll be back tomorrow night with Spooky South Coast. We are going to be here doing a Spooky South Coast. We've got it all lined up for you. The return, the big return after many months of hiatus.